So paying horizontally is the opposite of vertically. So vertically, if you have a job, Chris, and you get a raise of 3%, it's vertic- your income vertically goes up. If you're a salesperson and you sell uh, you know, 50 cars one year and 55 the next year, your vertical income went up, right? Horizontal income is income that's paying you sideways without work. So a, a, a rental property that's paying you $500 a month is horizontally paying you so you don't have to work you're just collecting does that mean you can check. be horizontal and the checks still come in exactly yeah that's another way to look at it. <laughs> thanks for pressing play i'm christopher lockhead and this is follow your different we're a dialogue podcast the opposite of a standard interview we aspire to have real conversations with people who honed what makes them unique and turned it into a superpower we are sponsored by our friends at oracle netsuite Learn how to turbocharge your growth today at netsuite.com slash different. All right, we get to hang out with Pat Hyben, a buddy of mine. He's the real estate rock star himself. Uh, he's a New York Times bestselling author. And on this episode, you'll learn what it means to grab life big, because Pat sure does. You'll gain some insights into creating uh, horizontal income that directly apply to your own life. We dig into why being a realtor is a great career, why real estate makes a great investment, how Pat charted a second career as a super successful podcaster, author, and now educator, and why, if you go on a trip to Japan with Pat, you better be ready for some big action. Go to Lockhead.com and check out the show notes for this episode to get more on Pat's background. And now, hey-ho, let's go. that try to live off of passive income, horizontal lines of income. So first and foremost, I'm an investor, right? And um, I pay attention to my investments, uh, but that doesn't take much, you know, maybe 20 minutes a day emails, right? And um, I'm building, and, and then in my active world, right, where I'm trying to build something new, uh, I have a company called Rebus University where we have online training for real estate agents where we teach them how to sell more houses uh, through video courses and um, we sell through funnels and uh, so we have a big funnel that we're launching this week for that and then of course my uh, men's mastermind um, company GoBundance that I helped found um, and um, we are writing a book um, it's kind of the manifesto of GoBundance and we're um, and I'm, I'm involved in the, the writing process of that. So I would say those are the two things that are keeping me active outside of my investments. Well, and you, you, did I miss it or did you talk about your podcast? Oh, yeah. Well, the podcast is a means to an end. Yeah. So the podcast, and by the way, thank you for being patient there because I had one on that uh, I had to, to just finish up um, uh, while you waited here. But uh yeah, so the podcast, we have Real Estate Rockstars podcast, um, doing very well. We've had over 3 million uh, uh, downloads and, you know, 150,000 or so a month uh, and growing. And um, that's a means to an end. So I do that, of course. And then um, we, we then uh, talk about Rebus University on the podcast. And uh, that's how we collect uh, students for the university is through the podcast. So, yeah. So that so comes it out really is the front end of your business, isn't it? 
Yeah. It's a three day a week thing, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And do you see you're averaging 150,000 downloads a month? Yes. For a real estate podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is unbelievable. Real estate sales at that. So it's not really about even investing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, you're the category king. You pulled the niche down and you are, you're Moses with the tablets for these folks. Yeah. I mean, I hadn't thought about that. That's interesting, right? Because I know that's your, your gig there. And I saw you speak a couple of times about the category king. And um, I like that title. You know, there's some other people, <laughs> there's some other people that in the podcasting space that, um, that certainly I compete with. One of them just, just more or less quit. Um, it seems I'm finding this. I don't know if you're finding this, Chris, but uh, people are quitting, you know, yeah. podcasting. Yeah, they tap out. And I know Matt Aitchison, I think, just tapped out. Like he was doing it oh, for a while. Oh, did he really? Yeah. That's a bummer. He, I'm going to hopefully see him soon. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, someone just told me that he stopped doing them because it just, the juice wasn't worth the squeeze. Here's the thing if you don't have, I mean, some of us, number one, get high off of just chatting with people. I know I do. I, I you know, I, I get energy from meeting people and talking to them. Um, but I think on some level that only lasts long enough where um, you're, you're either a okay with it, not making any money or you, de or you determine that, that uh, here's how I'm going to make money or you quit one of those three things. I hope I'm making sense. And I think that a lot of people are starting to figure, you know, the juice isn't worth the squeeze. <laughs> you know, I can't, I, I don't have it figured out how I'm going to make a ton of money from this. So, I'm tired of being beholden to do all these interviews all the time. Yeah, it's interesting that you put it so black and white around the uh, the economics. And I guess it, it makes me think, and look, anybody can have whatever motivation they want and, and have at it. For me, um, the motivation for doing this was not a financial one. Um, the podcast has had interesting um uh, financial outcomes. You know, we have our first sponsor, but it's also, it's kept me in, in the world in a way that I didn't anticipate. But anyway, I guess it's a long rambling way of saying I didn't necessarily have an economic outcome in mind. And strangely enough, it's produced a bunch of economic outcomes, <laughs> but I, and I still don't worry about it. Well, that, that's kind of what happened to me, too. I got some advice early on from Ben Keeney. I remember how I had this idea of the podcast three years ago, and he was like, just do it. And I was like, but how am I going to make money? And, and he's like, just do it and see what happens, you know? And, um, and I think what happens is sometimes if you focus on, oh, you know, um, you know I'm working, I want to get paid for it, eventually things will show up in the universe uh, that, that will allow you to get paid for it. Um, it may not happen as fast as you want it to, you know? And I think some of these people that are quitting, if they had given it more, if they give it more time, they would then be, they would come up with ways to make it uh, monetize. You know what I mean? Like, like, yeah. Um, I mean, uh, you know, I've done, so I've done 700 of them, right? So on some level, my conscious mind is going to be like, Unless I'm making money um, from it, I've scratched that itch. You know right, what I mean? after 700, like 700, I'm good. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. I love meeting people, but you know, I got people coming back on for like the fifth time. And so I'm like, you know, how you doing? This is, you know, this is Jeff episode, Jeff Cohn number five. Um, but, and, and it's fun, but, but you know what I mean? I think it is an itch. I think, and I think a lot of people get into podcasting thinking, you know, this is, this is going to be an instant jackpot, right? All of a sudden, all these people are going to listen to me and I'm going to be Howard Stern and I'm going to make all this money, right? This is, this is how my life is going to start where I'll become famous. And, um, it just doesn't happen. Like they go out there and they get 10 downloads, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Everything you just said there uh, is not at all what I did, but I can see uh, how a lot of people come at it from that perspective. If for me, it was always volleyball after school, right? It's just, a, it's a, it's a passion project. It's like playing guitar, or, you know, going surfing or something. Yeah. 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 Well, I guess that's a, that's, that is true. You know what I mean? And there's people that do that. And I think like that was kind of, I don't know. I mean, that's a, it's a good point. Right. And so like, I guess you got to ask is how many podcasts out there are passion projects and how many have a, a an end in mind as to, you know, why they're doing that. It's good yep. to give, and I'm all about giving free information to the universe. Right. Because for, for decades I took from it, right? Like uh, every time someone offered some advice, I wrote it down and actually utilized it. So, you know, now it's time. The heroes. Also you, you felt, uh, correct me if I'm, if I'm getting this wrong, but my, my memory of you doing this and sort of watching you as kind of a enthusiastic outsider. Of course I'm not in the business, but I, of course we know each other and I think it's really fun that you've done this. And so, um, uh, the thing, it, it seems like you filled a real uh, gap in that, you know, when I hear your audience or I hear some of the feedback you get and stuff, a lot, there's this theme of, I, I was sort of on my own and now I can turn, t- turn and tune into my uncle Pat and he kind of tells me how it is. And I, I kind of have a roadmap and I kind of have somebody I can trust. And, you know, th- there was a, there was a giant gap of that knowledge and, you know, somebody who's a compelling character, which of course you are to deliver that knowledge to, uh, to people in the business. I mean, it, 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 it seemed like a big hole that you found in this niche. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think so. And, you know, I think what happens and it was happened in the world, like uh, that's getting disrupted, the business world, especially real estate business and my, in, in my world um, is that all this information has been, is being given out for free. And I think that, you know, for years you had to pay for it. Right. I mean, you, you had Nightingale Conant, right? Nightingale Conant was the only way you could really learn and grow from mentors yeah. and that cost money. Yeah. I mean, what was a, you know, um, I don't know, one of those, uh, you know, what was a Zig Ziglar, you know, one of those big, uh, remember they used to come in those big plastic uh, containers that sort of was like a giant book. Yeah. Yeah. Remember that? I, what do they call those things? <laughs> they were like eight tapes on either yeah, side tape, or something. Uh, yeah. The tape series. I, yeah. I, had, I had a whole library of them. Yeah, me too. I, I mean, I had a ton of them. I had everything from Zig Ziglar to Deepak Chopra and I uh, bought them. I was like, a, I was like one of the ACE customers at, 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 at uh, Nightingale Conant. They would send those books, those magazines, 
I'd be like, oh, Les Brown, let me get that one. Oh, you know, Joe Polish or or Tony Robbins. I mean, I had all of those were the podcasts of the day, really, right? And uh, I love how uh, Zig Ziglar put it with it. He called it his automobile university, right? Remember, because there was we didn't have cell phones and shit, right? So you were if you were a sales guy, you were out on the road. What are you gonna do? You're gonna listen to you know some weird country station that you don't know, or (laughs) put in a little Zig. That's what I did. I used to I used to hike in them. I used to run in them. I with them. I used to sit in my car with them. Drive my car with them. I mean, just and now it's all free, right? Well, no, it's interesting because you and I share this. You were always a guy who learned very powerfully through listening. It's why I always have liked the versions of this medium before it became this medium. (laughs) Where do you think it's going to go? Like I know uh, Gary Vanderchuk is big on, um, you know you know, the future is an audio, you know, a lot of people got it wrong with the video thing. Like the future is an audio, like, they, they, you know, and being able to talk to your phone is faster than texting. Right. So it's all about speed. Being able to listen is faster than having to watch a, a video, you know, yeah. um, you look, I'm not a big fan of his, but I think maybe I agree with him. <laughs> no, why, I'm, why? I'm, why? Yeah. Because I think he's uh, the Kim Kardashian of business. Whoa. I think, you know, here's how I'd say it. Uh, Consuming, uh, thinking you've consumed entrepreneurial advice uh, from him is like going to the Olive Garden and thinking you ate Italian food. Mm, I got you. You know, he's substantive free pretty much. His whole thing is hustle, 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 follow your passion. Well, those are sort of dumb pieces of advice, particularly follow your passion. And um, look, he's an egomaniac. <laughs> you know, why do you, I mean, think, why do you think that appeals to the masses, though? I think, look, I don't. I'm no psychologist. I I think we're living at a time. You said it off the top, where a lot of people want to be uh, celebrities. The the studies uh, of millennials suggest that the number one thing they want to be is famous, not accomplished or not even rich, but famous. Um, and so I think a lot of people watch him, young entrepreneurs watch him because they kind of want to be like him. They just wish they were like him, which is why I call him a Kardashian. The Kardashians sell, wouldn't you like to be us, Neener Nonner? And that's essentially his whole shtick. (laughs) Don't you wish you were me? It's, it's interesting. Like I, I just talked to a guy and he goes, I asked him to do his bio for my show and he goes, I, I, I discovered at a young age, I was unemployable. And, and, and I was like, what do you mean? And he said, well, you know, I just couldn't be an employee, right? I, was just, I always had to be an entrepreneur, had to, you know, be able to do it my way, right? And I was like, that's fascinating. So that's a, that's a nurture thing, right? Like he was just, un, he, he just saw it as a, like a, a, a trait, right? That he is like a race or a, a sex or whatever. He was just a, a trait, uh, unemployably, unemployable. And uh, it makes me think when you're talking about uh, Gary Vanderchuk, is he talking to people that are employable, right? That are really employees that don't have the the entrepreneur trait, um, trying to turn them into an identity that doesn't exist, right? It's kind of like the nature nurture thing. What do you, what do you think, Chris? Uh, you know, it might be. I mean, on the hustle, hustle, hustle thing, I just look at that and go, no shit. If you're an entrepreneur or want to be an entrepreneur and you have to be told that you're going to have to work hard, 
uh, you got a big problem. So that might speak to that. Um, I just think he appeals to, yeah, maybe he, I don't know. He appeals to people who wish they were famous, you know? And and so he just talks about himself. (laughs) I don't know. It's celebrity for the sake of celebrity, which is why I compared him to a Kardashian, you know? What about Grant Cardone? What do you think of him? You know, I don't know his, I don't know him enough to have an opinion. Yeah. So, um, it's the same, it's the same, um, message, right? It's like, you know, you know, if someone asks you to sharpen a pencil, sharpen 10 pencils, right? It's, you know, you bust your ass, work hard, grind, get up early, be the first one to the, to the office, be the last one to leave. Um, you, you know what I mean? Don't complain. Just, just, just be a machine and I think it's great fucking advice, right? Don't uh, give me a lot of I that. I like great advice. For sure. Go, go. I mean, I did all that shit. Yeah. Um, I, I just think uh, if you're an entrepreneur and you need to be told to work hard, um, you know, you, you, you got a problem. But the biggest thing I think is this follow your passion bullshit, you know, because um, it's not about follow your passion. It's about follow your different. It's about finding a niche that you can, um, make your own. It's about carving your own path. It's about being unique. It's about the, the exponential power of what makes you different as opposed to the incremental power of what makes you better. Uh, not wanting to compete, to carve out a new territory for yourself, to bring something of, of meaning and power to the world that the world values and therefore um, you, know, you can make money at. Uh, all of those things and substantive conversations about those things. Uh, I think that's uh, you know, much more interesting. Yeah, that's, um, I don't know, it's cool to think about. I think part of the reason that um, it's so popular, why Grant and Gary are popular now, um, massively popular, is because, you know, there's this generation coming up, which is essentially inherently, how do I say this, lazy entrepreneurs, right? Like, 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 like. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that sounds very oxymoronic, so to yes, speak. Yes, it's oxymoronic, but here's the thing, right? It's like, how can I be lazy or be myself and, and, and all of a sudden get 100,000 Instagram followers while doing it, like Kim Kardashian or like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like a lazy entrepreneurship. Um, is that a real thing? Can it be done? Like, I talk to people all the time that want to go to z- from zero to hero in a year right? They want to be like, you know, that, that are asking questions about how to run a, a company with a thousand employees when they don't have any employees. You know, right. I mean, it's like, <laughs> so where does that come from? That whole zero to th- the hero thing so fast to get rich quick. Um, it, it, I feel like uh, there's a lot of that. And people listening to Gary Vee and, and, and Grant Cardone are or tie into that, you know, they're raising their hands saying, yeah, I want that. And of course they want it. Everybody wants it. We have, I'll, let me challenge that a little bit. Um, the longer I've lived, the more I've realized that, um, the journey or the destination is the journey, right? It's the, it's the games we get to play. It's the, it's, you know, the American dream, the pursuit of happiness. It's actually not about getting anywhere. And I look, I know that can sound very easy, you know, to say, but the reality is as human beings, we are driven to challenge ourselves. 
um, it's, 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 our, it's our DNA. It's why we're here, right? And we are explorers. We are curious. Um, nobody does anything legendary sitting on the couch, right? Uh, and look, I love to sit on the couch, but, you know, you have a nice time, but that's not where the source of your life is. And so the reality is um, you look at all these incredibly successful people that don't need to work for money and they're still so driven and they're doing all this stuff because that's a major source of meaning for us as human beings. Yeah. And so I guess my point is these people who sell like, oh yes, well, you know, these seven steps and in one year you'll be on the mountaintop. Well, you know what you're going to want to do? You're going to want to go climb another mountain. Yeah. You know, so, so the whole thing's a fallacy. The, the real question is, what is a, if I could use the term, what is a journey that is worth your talent? Well, okay, so let's stop right there. What is a journey that is worth your talent? Hmm. Hmm. Give me an example of your journey that's worth your talent. Well, I was somebody uh, who uh, no one was going to uh, bet on my talent. Translation, give me a job in anywhere near the kind of... Yeah. yeah, exactly. Not that uh, employable. Um, and so the only person who would bet on my potential was me. And so I had to start a company at 18 because that's, it was either that or a manual labor job. And so when you embark on, in my case, being an entrepreneur at a young age, uh, with, you know, no, no relationships, no money, no experience, no, clearly no education. <laughs> but other than that, I had it all going for me. You're, 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 you're setting forth a challenge for yourself. And we, become, we discover who we are and we become who we are uh, as a direct result of the challenges that we face ourselves with. Yeah, interesting, right. And then, and then you just play the games that come along, right? And I kind of I liken that to me, right? Like, so I, I sold my real estate team in 2010, went out and wrote my book. Um, and, um, you know, over the course of, living a journey that accepted my challenge or, or accepted my talent or that was worthy of my talent, as you put it, found podcasting, kind of I'm thinking out loud, right? This is very interesting. And then found, uh, uh, you know, Rebus University, found GoBundance, um, found different types of investments, um, and all played the game. It was like, you know, walk, it's kind of like walking, hiking down some trail. And then someone said, Hey, do you want to play Frisbee? You want to play ultimate Frisbee, right? And playing that game and then walking on and someone saying, Hey, do you, you know, do you want to go swim in or do you want you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Over you want to go backcountry skiing or do you want to, right. right. All of it. Right. And so, you know, if you look at yourself, you're a great example, Pat. You could have retired a long time ago and you could be sitting, literally sitting on a beach drinking Mai Tais all day, every day. And yet you got all this shit going on, right? Um, yeah. You know, and as my friend David Sachs says, uh, beaches are boring. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And look, I love the beach. And I mean, I live near one and I don't, don't get me wrong. There's a big place in my life for doing nothing. Uh, and I've had more doing nothing in my life now than ever. Um, but that said, um, 
we still challenge ourselves. We still take classes. We still do things. We learn new things. You have all these conversations. You have, you have to. I think it goes back to being unemployable. It's like I, I live on a beach. It's like I live on an island, a six-mile island in South Carolina. And I, go, I cannot be on the beach unless, um, you know, I'm swimming. Um, there's drinking going on. You know, and by that I mean there's a party, right? Like there's there's friends and family, and you're drinking, you're day drinking, or you're drinking. You know what I mean? As a, as a, as a sport or as an event, as a reason, because then you know it leads to other things, um, or um, or there's a game of some sort, and or there's a game of some sort. You know, you're playing frisbee or you're playing, you know, whatever. And I think that goes back to being un un, un unemployable. Um, you know, we have to create our own, I don't know what you call it, action, right? Productivity, um, or else we fall asleep. It's like Tim Rhodes says, you know, Tim says all the time, I'm throttle on, throttle off, right? Yeah. Like I'm, I'm on, I'm on and I'm on, but you, you tell me to be still and I fall asleep. And that's the same thing with me. I've tried meditation 12 times every single time I ended up taking a nap. So it's, you know, uh, if I'm on the beach sitting there with a bunch of people, I'll, I'll go to sleep, you know, and that's it. It's on or off, you know? <laughs> yeah. Now, I, I got to ask you, um, you love real estate. You really do. Or, or you're an incredible actor, but you seem to truly, <laughs> love, truly love real estate. Um, why do you love real estate so much? Well, I like the vehicle that it is. You know what I mean? And it's a vehicle... Um, if you buy it right, that basically pays you consistently that you could rely on, that you could trust. And it's fairly stable as far as, you know, if you get a rental property and you rent it out, your biggest risk is not that it's going to sit empty forever and you're going to lose everything. Your biggest risk is that rents may go down, right? That you'll get $1,200 a month instead of $1,300. That's your biggest risk. So the risk is minimal. And I, and I love it because I can rely on it and it pays me sideways. So I have rental properties, I have apartment buildings, I have, you know, a shopping center, uh, lots of things that pay horizontally. And then, and then I could actually calculate. So what does pay horizontally mean? So paying horizontally is the opposite of vertically. So vertically, if you have a job, Chris, and you get a raise of 3%, it's vertic your income vertically goes up. If you're a salesperson and you sell, uh, you know, 50 cars one year and 55 the next year, your vertical income went up, right? Horizontal income is income that's paying you sideways without work. So a, a, a rental property that's paying you $500 a month is horizontally paying you. So you don't have to work. You're just collecting Does that mean you can check. be horizontal and the checks still come in? Exactly. Yeah, okay. That's another way to look at it. Exactly. <laughs> that's that's where my mind goes to. checks come in. I like that. I, I like can be that. laying down and that shit just rolls in. Exactly. And I do love that about real estate. The other thing I love about real estate is, um, um, at least the, the, the little that I do, um, it, nobody in the business calls me. Like the people I invest with, I write them a check. And they don't call me. They don't ask me for advice. They're, they're, <laughs> I invested in, you know, so-and-so's, he's going to go out and do the apartment building and do all yeah. that stuff. And I just did a little chunk of it amongst a little consortium he put together. Yeah, to we're, we're, we're in a couple together, I think. I, I believe we are. 
shady pines and uneven mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> windows or something. I don't know. But that's what I love about that. It's like, hey, man, you write a check. And uh, Andrew never calls. He never asked me for advice about what color to paint the place or he didn't, he didn't need a, a, you know, recommendations on plumbers and shit. <laughs> right, right. And uh, that's a nice thing in one's life. So horizontal passive income that doesn't call. Yeah, it doesn't call. doesn't require you to be, but the, the key is it doesn't require you to be beholden to it necessarily, right? doesn't require management, doesn't require, well, it does, but you pay somebody to you do it. You pay somebody, right? yeah. yeah. And, uh, and I, I also, you guys taught me the power of the magical place to get in life is where your passive income equals your burn rate. Mm, yes. And I don't, know, I don't know if it was you or Tim or maybe both of you at the same time, or, uh, but you guys made that clear to me. You know, and it's, it's so simple, but I had never really thought about it that simply. Yeah. 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 No, um, I can thank Tim Road for that. I mean, basically it's, you, you know, you figure out what your, what your, actually, I think Tim got it from Robert Kiyosaki came from the cash flow game, right? Which is where basically you, 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 you basically, you pick a job and you pick an ink and you pick an income or expenses, you buy a house, you buy a car, you have three kids, whatever. And then uh, you got 20 grand a month in expenses, and then you got to buy as many houses or, or commercial real estate ventures to pay you 20 grand a month. And when that pays you 20 grand a month, you become what we call abundance is a hundred percenter. So if you're a hundred percenter, a hundred percent of your, um, of your family expenses is paid by horizontal income. And that only at that time, could you really say you're financially free because that's being paid no matter what. Yep. And it's, it's such a powerful concept. And as somebody who uh, obviously didn't come up in real estate, uh, while I have a bunch of real estate investments, I, I you know, I, I don't really think I, I know what I'm doing. Um, <laughs> but uh, it seems to me, and I don't know, this is probably the wrong way to say it, but it's what's in my head. So I'll say it, that real estate, and maybe there's others, but is one of those fields where um, somebody can really come from nothing and become financially independent. And you don't necessarily need to have gone to a super ding-dong college. Um, we, we know the you know, background of a lot of the realtors that we know and love aren't necessarily uh, yeah, huge right. academic scholars. Um, and um, many realtors I know, Tim being one, of course, uh, come from very humble beginnings. And so it seems like one of those professions that um, without much, if you really go for it and train yourself and position yourself and do all the right things, you can really create a pretty amazing life. Absolutely. Absolutely. You're right. I mean, be, and, and I think it goes back to what you said earlier. It's simple, simple concept, right? I mean, and, and, uh, and you don't, it, it's, it's like investing in stocks. I mean, there's so many charts and things to follow and understand, right? Um, you know, it's just, you get a whole degree in finance and still not understand, you know, the stock market. But real estate, it's like, look, if you get a mortgage payment of 1100 um, and your rent is 1300 then that's good, right? And it's, you know, it's not that easy, but it's <laughs> simple enough, right? That you was know? math that I understood, Pat. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 
<laughs> and and then I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you, you know, what is the secret to being a good teacher for people who are uh, either in real estate or getting into real estate? You know, it's funny. Um, that's a great question. It's basically what I found is, and this is based on the, the hundreds of comments that we've gotten like through iTunes or whatever, because people always tell you, they'll tell you what they don't like, but they'll also tell you what they like. And in, in generally what I found that people say this is what they like is that no bullshit, like you can't, you can't let agents come on. I can't let agents come on my show and just, you know, talk in um, cliches right? Talk in um, round numbers or talk in numbers they can't back up. So I always ask them what your ECI is instead of GCI. GCI stands for gross commission income. ECI is something I made up called ego commission income, which is their commission income that they're going to tell everybody. And then I say, well, what's your profit margin? And then I calculate their actual net profit right on the show. And people love and that and <laughs> all the time, all the time. But and you think people would know, like, like, haven't you listened to Pat's podcast? Like, don't you know what's going to happen? Yeah, we give them a questionnaire, too, to, you know, to get ready. So it's not, you're not doing gotcha journalism here. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah, exactly. This was not, we did not hide this in any way from you. <laughs> and then a lot of times I have to slow the, the guests down. I'll go, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. Say that again. Say it slowly. What does that mean? And I think I got some of that from listening to Howard Stern, to be honest with you. If you ever listen to him, he's like, he's like someone is telling a story and he's like, wait a minute, stop right there. So what you're telling me is this girl and did she have a hairy lip or did she have blonde hair or brunette hair? And how big were her ears? I'm exaggerating, right? But he's like, he's, he like, he's like wait a minute, it's slow, slow, slow it down. Let me get the whole story. And I'll do that with agents because agents will come on and say, you know, here we did this, we did this, we did that, we did that. This is how we made money. And I'll be like, wait, 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 wait. Slow it down. So you created this department that is now working really well. How many houses did it sell? How much did you spend on it? Right? How are you involved in it? What lessons have you learned? What mistakes have you, you know what I mean? Like stop right there. Let's dig deep into it. And people love that. You know that, and I think so. That would answer your question. That's how you become a great teacher. Is you, 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 you go. Th my a mentor of mine, Howard Brinton, used to say, you always go three deep, no matter what, when you ask a question. And three deep would be like, well, well, how, and and who or what? What do you use? What tools do you use? And if you ask somebody what tools they use, and the people listening can write them down and buy those tools too. You know. The other technique I love for that is just. Um um, even if you don't have a specific direction you want to um, steer the conversation, but you're interested in the sort of the, the, the rabbit hole we're in here. You, I like to just say, hey, uh, tell me a little bit more about that. And there's nobody who ever says, oh, no, I'm, there's nothing more I got on that. So, <laughs> <right>? <laughs> yeah. I agree. I agree. Now, if I was a new uh, realtor, let's say that I just uh, maybe got my license, um, what would, what advice would you have for me about uh, how to be how to be uh, a pat when I grow up? 
Hmm. You know, again, you're going into cliches, but just exactly what we talked about, you know, with, with the mentality of Grant Cardone and Gary Vanderchuk is, is, is you, you got to work hard, right? You got, I mean, that's, that's the first and foremost advice. I met an, I met an agent. Okay. Who was, um, a debt collector. He was making a $42,000 a year salary as a debt collector. He decided to become an agent, right? So he gave his two weeks notice. And then he, the next day he said, I can't wait two weeks. I got to get to work. So he quit his job, even though it's <laughs> 13 days left. And, um, he immediately went from his job as a debt collector with a headset on calling people who owed a credit card company money to knocking on a door in a random neighborhood. So here's a guy like gets up, gets in his car and drop, doesn't go to the real estate office, doesn't go to any training, doesn't go, doesn't stop by the office. He goes straight to a door and knocks on it and introduces himself and asks them, do they need an agent? And he said before the day was out, he did a hundred, he did that a hundred times. And you know, it was only a matter of a couple of weeks before he had his first listing. And, 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 and that is amazing to me that he would just, you know, he would cut through all this clutter and be like, nothing matters until I get a listing or a buyer and then I'll, I'll learn what I need to do with it. But I'm not going to put all that stuff first. I'm not going to go to any training. I'm going to just get the business first and then figure it out. And, and I just love that. That's one of the greatest uh, entrepreneur, greatest sales stories I've ever heard, Pat. <laughs> no, that's, to- that's so legendary. Yeah. Yeah. We need a lot more of that. <laughs> right. And it, and it works. And that's what I would tell people. They get in their own way. You know what I mean? They're just like, gosh, there's so much to learn. You know, there's so much to do. I, you know, I, I said, by the time this guy got a listing, everybody else in his class that took the real estate course with him. Um, it was probably just getting their business cards, you know, or just getting, you know, yeah. their paperwork ready or their desk set up or whatever. You know what I mean? Figuring out, figure out where the bathroom was. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I guess the one guy called it a junkyard dog, right? Yeah. He's like, you gotta be, you gotta be a junkyard dog. You just gotta get out there. And that junkyard dog will get fed the bone quicker than, you know, anybody that's trying to come up with strategy and all that, you know, in the back, you know, so. Well, I love it, Pat. You are, uh, you are just an absolute uh, hoot to hang out with. And um, I love your success, man. I, I love that you had this life as a real estate guy and you had all the success you had there, uh, uh, well-earned and well-deserved. And now you're like, you know, you're the man, you're the, the master sensei. Thanks, dude. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, it's that. really cool. You have this whole other life, you know. It's uh, uh, I really admire what you're doing. I, I always wanted to do that too, by the way. I always thought in my mind, like, I want to just completely reincarnate. And that's why my, my wife and I, you know, I was born in Maryland um, and spent 50 years there. And my wife, and same with my wife, we are both born in Maryland. And we, you know, we just picked up and we moved to an island in South Carolina three years ago. And you know, I started doing something else besides being in these people's faces all the time that I'd seen my whole life as an agent. And um, it was just really 
liberating, I guess, to just completely pick up and just do something completely different. And I'm learning so much, and it's and and and, and, and it requires a lot of patience. <laughs> whenever you do anything brand new, it doesn't happen as fast as when you're in, in in your prime in your game that you've done your whole life. You know what I mean? So everything takes longer, but I think it's good for your brain to learn new stuff and it's good for your soul to just kind of scratch your record a little bit and start over. So, yeah, it sounds like you're having a similar experience. I, I everything you said I can relate to because it was the same for me in becoming an author and a podcaster, right? It's like, yeah, you go from this field. In my case, you've worked in for the better part of 30 years and you achieve some level of success and hopefully you're a little bit respected and whatever, you know, you get to wherever you get to and you feel pretty good about it and, and you're good. Right. And then for whatever reason, then you go, Hey, I'm, I'm going to do this whole other thing that I never, ever thought I would do. And as a result, I'm going from wherever I was in my old thing to like the absolute bottom in the new thing. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> what am I thinking? Right. <laughs> it's humbling. It's like, uh, you know, my newest physical thing for the last, I don't know, maybe year or so has been Pilates. You know, and it's like you go and do, try to do Pilates. Like, it's hard. (laughs) And so it's good to go do stuff you suck at and you got to start over at, right? Right. No, I agree. All right, Pat, anything else before we wrap? No, I think that's it, Chris, man. I really appreciate you having me on and, uh, you know, I'm sure you'll put my um, show notes. Um, You know, I, I, uh, if I can do a plug for a funnel that I'm running. Absolutely. I have, uh, so you guys may have, may or may not have seen the book. It's called Six Steps to Seven Figures. That book was a game changer, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, I was glad I did it and it, and it turned out really well and um, it still sells very well. And um, so I'm giving this out for free now. Um, all you got to do is go to free six steps com. That's free six S-I-X steps book book.com free six steps book.com and pick up a free copy um i will pay for it uh for you so you can wow. get a free copy of this book just go there that's amazing we'll, we'll have that in the show notes of course very cool pat uh it's great hanging out with you man and uh i can't wait till i see you in person have a fantastic time in uh, japan and kiss tim right, road kiss tim road for me would you <laughs> I will. I will. And uh, hopefully I'll make it out that way and uh, three of us could get together in the near future. Oh my God, I would love that. All right, boss. Let me know when you're coming. Have fun. All right, Chris. I'll see you. Bye-bye. Well, uh, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with uh, Pat as much as I did. If you think this conversation is worth sharing, why not email it to somebody right now from your uh, smartphone or your tablet or your computer or whatever other device you may be consuming uh follow your different on and um and send it to somebody in your life who you think might uh, uh benefit from this episode also make no mistake your social media shares make a giant difference to me personally and to the the to do to bat to bat if you're going to have a podcast you should learn how to talk <laughs> and to the success of uh of follow your difference so please share this episode on social media now uh if you would like to send me a question to be answered on a future episode uh send an email to blackhole at lockhead.com you can follow me on twitter at lockhead l-o-c-h-h-e-a-d and uh, if you go to our website, lockhead.com, which is most excellent, uh, why not subscribe to our newsletter? And that way we will keep you up to date with what's going on. 
Now, is it grow time in your business? I bet it is. Why not check out netsuite.com different? And there, you will be able to set yourself up for a free growth review with an expert in your industry. Now, why would you want to do that? Uh, not that long ago, uh, an outfit called SL Associates did a uh, report of NetSuite customers, and they found stunning, stunning improvements in key metrics that matter after switching to NetSuite's cloud-based business management software. Incredible results like a 10% increase in revenue. Who doesn't want that? You know, when asked, um, founders, uh, CEOs, board members, heads of sales, or really any kind of business leader, hey, would you like a 10% increase in revenue from where you are now? The answer is always yes. <laughs> An 80% increase in business insights, a 5% increase in growth mar margins. So it's time. It's time to get growing. Go to netsuite.com different today. All right. We would like to thank the Real Estate Rockstar Podcast with our friend and guest today, Pat Hyben. Check it out wherever you consume legendary podcasts. Niche Down, How to Become Legendary by Being Different, the number one bestseller from Heather Clancy and myself. John's Crazy Socks, the official socks supplier to this podcast. Check them out at johnscrazysocks.com. And hey, are you feeling a little overwhelmed? Is it time for some help? Go to bottleneck.online and you can learn all about how Bottleneck Virtual Assistance can save your hiney and uh, allow you to focus on more of what matters. Also, speaking about things that matter, check out growwire.com. This is the new place in cyberspace for legendary entrepreneurs who want to grow their business. Myself and Heather are blogging there. Many other smart people. Uh, there's awesome content. There's a GrowWire podcast, which I was uh, stoked to be the first guest on. And uh, I'm re-guesting. Uh, it's re-guesting is a word. <laughs> so check out GrowWire.com and the amazing people at Kiva.org. Micro loans that make a difference in the developing word, world. Check out K-I-V-A.org. Now, I must remind you that this podcast is a sole property of the Lockhead Oddcast Network. And we would love it if you shared the shit out of it. All rights do remain perturbed. We must warn you that clearly this podcast is produced in a studio that does contain nuts. Teach entrepreneurship. When opportunity knocks, open the door. Don't forget Johnny Cash was right. There's no stopping the Cretans from hopping. Thank you, Dandy Candy. I love you, Mom and Dad. And hey, Colin, this podcast really ties the room together, doesn't it? Today, our deepest apologies go to Hugh Martin of Verizon Wireless. Sorry, Huey. We just ran out of time for you. Thank you so much for investing part of your life with me. Uh, stay legendary, my friends, and don't forget, follow your difference.